Happy to welcome in now to Grizz Greats, the coaching tree, a forward who played for the University of Montana for two years after transferring from the University of Washington, played 2014 through 2016 at the University of Montana, and now plays professionally in Germany, Martin Breunig. Martin, thanks so much for being here. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Well, we're very happy to have you here on the podcast. We appreciate you taking the time out. And you are a guy who played pretty recently at the University of Montana and and really only played for Travis DeCure, although when you transferred from the University of Washington, it was while Wayne Tinkle was still the head coach. What do you remember about transferring from the University of Montana? How did the or from the University of Washington, excuse me, how did the University of Montana land on your radar and and your first sort of interaction and experience with Wayne Tinkle at that time? Well, uh, it, it all started uh, basically when I was in prep school. Um, I met this guy, Cody uh, Figure, and he's now, I think he's still at Utah Valley. We, we, we send him text messages back and forth, but he became a really, really good friend. We, we met each other in Wisconsin, um, and he worked me out a couple times. And after I told him I want to transfer, he was like, the, I had a really, really good relationship with Cody. And uh, I asked him for some advice, for example, like how should I talk to coach uh, about I want to leave uh, University of Washington. And, and he, he put me through the process, basically, and said what I should, what I should ask for and what I need to, that I just need to be honest. And um, at this point, Cody was pretty relevant because he knew Kerry Rubb really well. So Kerry Rubb was the assistant coach from Wayne Tinkle. And that kind of got everything rolling. And that's how I started, you know, being on Montana's radar, basically. What did you like about the University of Montana when you first started to learn about it? And, and what sort of things about Coach Tinkle specifically drew you to the program? Well, I was I was really surprised how tall Wayne Tinkle was. First. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this guy, is a, he was even taller than me. I was like, man, he's a coach? That's crazy. And uh, when, I, when I saw him working out a couple of times just with us, for example, he showed us some moves. Like he was, he still got it though. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean the the main pitch that got me to Montana was the winning attitude and winning, how much say it, uh, history. Montana is for me, it's the best team in the Big Sky, and uh, I I wanted to be on a team that basically wins and. Um, at this point, I didn't think about playing time or anything else. I just wanted to win and just improve myself as a player. What do you remember specifically, aside from the height, about Coach Tinkle? What was he like as a, as, as a coach in the time that you did have together early on when you were coming to the University of Montana? <laughs> the things I really remember is um, this, he's a tough guy. Like, he's, he's, really, he's really emotional, at least. From what I saw, I mean, I didn't play for him, but when I watched him on TV and when I heard the stories, he was very emotional. He was he got really into it. He was he was so excited, pretty aggressive, excited though. Uh, when we won a game, and uh, you know, he he kind of flexed a couple times. That that's the type of coach he. Uh, I remember him, but yeah, like I said, I didn't really play for him, so I didn't see too much of it. The experience of, of transferring is so interesting because you're coming from a Pac-12 school, obviously coming to the Big Sky, so you have expectations to, to play and contribute on a high level, but then as soon as you make the decision and you have a fresh start, you have to sit out for a whole year. 
So when you were sitting out, what were some of the challenges of that? I mean, you obviously you got to practice in Coach Tinkle's practices, but you're mostly probably on the practice squad going against the guys who were playing in the game. So what were some of the challenges, and what do you remember about that part? What I remember most was the challenge to be motivated. I I was really motivated in the summer when I came there. I was, you know, I was really focused, and I realized how long the year can really be. It's amazing. Like 365 days until I play a game for this team, it, it's been so long. So I kind of tried to focus on just living life at college. You know, going to classes, doing the workouts, meeting uh, meeting people, meeting. Uh, new people especially, making friends and all that stuff. So that, that helped me to get over that uh, lack of motivation I had a couple of times, definitely. So then Wayne Tinkle takes the job at Oregon State and Travis DeCure is uh, brought in as the head coach at the University of Montana. And obviously it's right. a, a learning experience for everybody to, to get in there. And the first time that Coach DeCure had been a head coach at the Division One level and obviously meeting all the guys like that. But what was it like, the transition for you to go, okay, this is the guy that I'm going to play You know, my last two years of college basketball for? Honestly, uh, I really liked – Coach Kerry Rubb and Wayne Tinkle a lot, so it, it kind of hit me hard. Um, I, I remember I had a phone call with Kerry Rubb. Um, he, I was like, so I asked him straight up, so what's gonna happen to me now? You know, uh, you guys leaving me, you guys recruiting me, now you guys leaving me, and um, he basically said, you know what, you're in a very, very good position. Trust me, you will be fine. Just, just do what you do best, and you'll be fine. And then. I mean, I had a meeting with Travis DeCure, and uh, he was an awesome guy. Like, he was immediately a likable guy. Uh, it's crazy. But he can be really hard on the court, and that's what exa- that's exactly what happened. That When we had individual workouts, the two hours uh, a week, we basically, every guard, all the guards went together with three or four people, all the wings and all the big men except me. I had to go by myself a lot. And uh, they, they kind of told me that Travis is really interested in developing my game really, really strong. Not just, you know, put me in a group and say, like, listen, we just got to play. But he really focused on me and said, like, we're going to do this and this and we'll be fine. When a coach recognizes that you might have some talent, maybe some untapped talent, and then they try to pull it out of you and push you like that, how do you go about acclimating and adjusting to when someone's trying to challenge you constantly like Travis was? I'm a guy that likes to be challenged, so I think it was a little bit easier for me. Um, the only thing is, it's not that coach told me, for example, in college, I wasn't, I wasn't a really good shooter because I never shot the ball. I was basically uh, inside the paint a lot and at the free throw line. But... Um, I think most of it was because of me, lack of confidence that I can shoot it from the outside. Because when I look now in my fourth season as a pro, I shoot 66% from the three-point line. I, I, I take mid-range jumpers, plays I designed for mid-range jumpers. So I barely play in the post now. So my game developed completely since then. And um, that's what we're talking about. This is like a un- this undiscovered talent, basically. That, uh, But it takes a lot of time. That's, that's not what we had at Montana. We had one summer to get me ready for a season, and uh, and what I've done to my jumper, uh, jump shot in the last couple of years, it took me years to get to that point. 
your two years playing for Montana then, what are some of your great memories from that time? Uh, definitely the last time we had the Big Sky Conference tournament at home. Um, it was an amazing atmosphere. Uh, I when I, when I say, I mean, I gotta be honest. Right now in my league plays Tyler Harvey. When I look at him, I see like I see every time the loss we had against Eastern Washington, and then it still brings out bad memories. And um, you know, it, it, it's a bad memory, but also one of the best I ever had. Martin, you're in your fourth year playing professional basketball, playing in Germany, which is your home country. What's it been like to return home? Most most guys from Montana, when they go play internationally, they're they're playing internationally, not playing in their home countries. What's it been like for you? Uh, it was weird. Um, the first time I came back, I was in Ludwigsburg, uh, an area I've never been to. Um, my dad picked me up from the airport, drove me down there. Uh, and uh, we got settled in, but it was so weird. I got so used to being at home in Montana that it felt I wasn't home at all, even though I was in Germany. I spoke the language. I, I know how to speak it. I just didn't feel I was home. And uh, it, it took a very, very long year for me to adjust even with the with the German side of it. For example, grocery stores are not open on Sundays and I've done the mistake almost an entire year that I didn't have anything to eat at home. Oh, so, so that's how I, that's how used I was. And then basically I came, uh, I came to the grocery store at like midnight. I wanted to buy some stuff, but then suddenly like it was closed. And in, for example, in Montana, we had 24 seven stores. So it's just something I had to get used to. Well, last question for you here, uh, Martin, going back to Travis and, and your time playing for him. He's been very successful at the University of Montana and now gone to you know multiple trips to the NC2A tournament and all that. But there in the first couple of years, well, he was also, you know, as we said, uh, the first time he'd been a Division One head coach. What did you see in him that you thought, okay, this guy, he's, he's going to be good. He's going to be, uh, you know, an excellent head coach. Uh, well, I think the first part of it is because Montana always had a history of great coaches. So, uh, I mean, all the coaches that co- that I know from Montana, they coached at the, the higher level later and then eventually moved up completely. And um, I, I think Travis knew that this was a good chance. And, um, and I think because he was so player-friendly, a likable guy that, a lot of players respect him as a coach and basically as a grown friend. Um, and uh, I think that makes working with him much, much easier than uh, than it seems like. And and like I said, I had the lack of motivation in my redshirt year, but I was really motivated once I started talking to him because he had a plan. And that I think that makes him really successful. How do you think just your time at the University of Montana just set the stage for your life, for the rest, for the rest of your career that carries on today. Like I said, I had an amazing time in Montana. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful for it, and especially being alone, away from home, pretty much. And uh, the only, the only regrets I have is not making the NCAA tournament once, even not even with Washington, not with Montana. So uh, it, it's, it's kind of rough, but you know, it, not. If you think about it that way, a lot of players 
that play NCAA basketball will never make to the NCAA tournament. So I can live with that definitely. But I I, I took a really good pass, and uh, I'm happy about it. Well, Martin, we certainly appreciate your time. Thanks for being here on the podcast. Of course, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I would, I would usually, I would say, have a good night here, but uh, it's in the morning, huh? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right? Grizz Greats, the Coaching Tree podcast, is brought to us by our friends at Stockman's Bar. Coulter Stockman's Bar has been a staple in downtown Missoula for well, ever, as far as I'm aware. And they have certainly been supporting Montana athletics and Montana basketball for a long time. In fact, an absolutely outstanding documentary called The House That Rob Built, chronicling the life and times as a head coach and in general the influence on women's basketball and basketball in general of Robin Selvig was released and the documentary post party, not surprisingly at all, hosted and held at Stockman's Bar. 130 former Lady Grizz came to the debut of that film, and then most of them went and enjoyed some delicious draft beers or maybe a cocktail, and of course, Dobie's Teriyaki. The history and lineage of University of Montana men's basketball is literally written on the walls there. Literally. I was reading an article about Mike and Donnie Larson's father, who started Stockman's Bar way back in the day. This article was from the Missoulian circa, I think, 1979, Wow! and it was talking all about his allegiance to Grizz Hoops, his love of Judd Heathcote and Jim Brandenburg. What a perfect connection to the University of Montana men's basketball program. They've always been supporters both in terms of employing student-athletes and supporting the team. And you can find the Grizz team stopping in there for lunch at Dobie's Teriyaki quite often on the, when they go on their upcoming road trips as well. Stockman's Bar from open to close. They have $3 beers, and if you get yourself some Dobie's, they even have $2 beers but the beers are always cold, and they have a variety. It's not just domestics. It's not just a couple crafts. It's every beer that is on tap. They also have drink specials throughout the week. And, of course, they still got poker going on in the back as well. So head on down to Stockman's Bar. Fierce supporters of the University of Montana men's basketball program for more than 50 years. Bobby Moorhead with us. And you, I think, Bobby, are the first bonus episode uh, in uh, interviewee that actually made it to the studio. So nice work. You got all the way in here. No phoner for you. How are you? I feel special. Well, you for are. Having me. <laughs> Absolutely, man. We're happy to have you in here. And, you know, Travis DeCure has, uh, from, you know, the outside looking in, taken this program from a, a, a very good program, an outstanding program, and taken it even to another level. And, you were on the two teams that are the two years that set the all time mark for wins in a two year span, those 52 wins in your junior and senior year. And Travis, I have such a complete respect for Travis in terms of the way that he goes about it, the way that he has interacted with, you know, myself, with the media in general, uh, and with his players in general. And it seems to be the same. At times it's great, at times it's maybe a little contentious, but it's. It's never, to me, sort of outside of, like, you know what you're getting yeah. with him, and he mm-hmm. brings it that way all the time. And he also can joke and be, you know, he's got he's got some fun. It's not just always the hard line, but it is very serious. And he's a CEO and a leader in that respect from the outside looking in. But for you playing for him, what do you... What what is your perspective, your perception of Travis DeCure? I love Coach Travis. I mean, I... We butted heads when I first got there. I've always, this is bad to say, I've always had problems with authority. Like growing up, that was like a really difficult thing for me. And so when I got there, well, you were in a large fraternity, by the way, on the uh, on the butting heads, Bobby. I don't think yeah. it's just you, right? <laughs> yeah, but it was coaches were always something I struggle with. And then Travis, the way he coaches, he's very intense, like yeah. very intense. I don't think 
you, you kind of have to be the right kind of player to be able to play for Travis. Um, and so when I first got there, we butted heads. You know, I would argue back. And there was a time sophomore year, you know, start of the season, I'm like in a starting position before the season, like everything's going well. And, you know, I argue back with him, whatever. You know, we're yelling at each other and I get kicked out of practice. And um, that's just like, that was a time where like, I need to get it together. You know, this guy's, this guy's not messing around. And, you know, it got better over the years, but, but that was something we always kind of had, you know, Travis, I think Travis appreciates to an extent sometimes when people stand up for themselves um, and and voice their opinions, but also you can't go too far with them. And so, um, you know, I love Travis. We've had a, we had a really good relationship. We, um, but you know, a really good relationship with conflict still. Um, And I think, I think we both enjoyed that partially and, you know, there had to be a healthy respect to get to that point. And so by, you know, junior and senior year, I was able to, you know, in the game, you know, respectfully like yell back at him and be like, hey, no, we got to do this. Or, you know, and some of the other guys, Ahmad, Mike, guys were able to do that as well as you gain a respect from him. And then, you know, you have respect for Travis as well. And so, um, so I think, yeah, he's a really difficult coach to play for. I have a really high respect for Travis, um, but he is a little psycho, a little crazy sometimes. And, uh, and that's fun, you know, like, but there are days, you know, where you don't want to practice, you don't want to be in there for three hours. And he's, you know, just dragging things on, going over things. I'm like, Travis, we did so good at that last game. Like, why are we going over this again? You know, and so he's, he's one of the most prepared, he's the most prepared coach I've ever been around. And I haven't been around, you know, a ton of coaches, but just from looking around at other teams, you can see, I mean, you can see the difference in play sometimes, you know, in terms of preparation. And so, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's a CEO, like you said. He he knows what he's doing. He runs a tight ship, you know. He does that throughout the offices. You know, I've heard stories about him in the office as well as with the team. And so everybody's got a, a high respect for him, but it's hard to it's hard to see that he, like, cares and loves about you sometimes the way he goes about it. But uh, you just have to have the right mindset, and, and it might take a couple of years to get to that point. What was the argument about? Uh, well, yeah, it's a long story, but we were. <laughs> I was talking to Ahmad Rory on the baseline, and one of our assistant coaches heard me say something like, "I said this is so stupid." I wasn't even saying it to anybody, and the assistant coach, you know, got all animated and started yelling at me, and then Travis started yelling at me, and I started yelling back at him, and everybody's on the line. We're running lines, and I'm still talking to the thing, and he just told me to get out, <laughs> and then the next day we went out to breakfast, and so that's kind of. That's where you can kind of see how Travis is. You know, he was obviously pissed at me, right? Because I was obviously I was being dumb. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. But then the next day, he takes me out and shows the love that he has for his players, right? And he wants to make everything right and and you know and get everybody on the same page. And so, is, is there a level at which too? And I don't want to call it melodramatic because it comes from a real place. I'm sure that, that the anger, or, you know, in a, in a situation like that, isn't fabricated, but also he knows that he is making a demonstration of a point for the team in general, and then later he's going to circle back with the individual and Absolutely. and try and sort of, you know, we're okay, everything's fine. Yeah, I think he's very calculated in all of yeah, his decisions right. at all times. Like, I think, you know, when he's screaming at somebody, he, you know, he's very careful about who he does it to, making sure that people can handle it, um, you know, understanding some guys need more love and like you know time on the side and you know need to be you know he needs to cook dinner for them or something like that where some guys don't need that time in that relationship in order to to have that and so I think he's really good at being calculated in that and and knowing who you know whose players are and getting to know them really well I know that he has a lot of one-on-one meetings with guys basketball related meetings but I'm sure it covers that maybe at times a a variety of things 
What do you remember about the the sit down sessions that weren't coming off of an argument that were just like, okay, we're going to go over film. This is what I need you to do here. The role playing stuff or whatever it might be. Yeah, he's always very. I didn't honestly have very many one on ones with him. He did have them a lot, and a lot of times it was disciplinary things, and you know I never really knew what was going on in those. But there were times we'd come in, you know, we watch film together, um, and he was just straight to the point. You know, he's like, he'd be honest, like you know, Bob. This is where we're at right now, and this is where we always start, and this is where we need to be. And so, you know, you guys need to do this. You guys who play a lot, like, right, guys are slacking off in practice, and that starts with you guys. And so he was very to the point um, and very serious about it, you know, but it, it took a while to understand that it was all out of love. Like, he really does care about the players, and I think that is something that just from the outside, I don't know. I've never been in another program that I don't see from a lot of other coaches, you know. Um, you just hear stories, you know, coaches won't eat dinner with the players on the road or – are just distant, and you know Travis is playing cards with us all road trip. You know, me, Ahmad, Saeed, and Travis playing cards for hours on the road. What's the game? We play thirteen. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it got pretty. We still talk trash about it today. You know, it's something that <laughs> was so much fun. Um, but that's cool. You know, like your head coach is is really hanging out, and he cares about the relationships with people. You know, as much as he cares about basketball, and he cares about basketball a lot. In this, your first year being done. Having played for Coach Secure, what's your what's the thing that you, as you reflect back and as you've watched this team play this season, maybe has struck you the most? That's tough. I think I think he's changed a little bit this year. I think the way I think he's doing a better job of instilling confidence from that from my perspective. Um, in terms of you know, there were times where he'd be so on people that it would like people would sometimes maybe lose confidence. Um, and, I, you know, it's something he's worked on. It's not his fault. Like, he he cares so much. Like, he just wants to get after people. And I think this year he's done a really good job of, you know, some of these guys, some of these guys, have, their minutes are, you know, vary from 35 to 5 the next game or um, guys have really off shooting nights and then you see them come back. And I can just see, you know, I've talked to some of the guys. They're like, he's just doing a, a gr- really good job this year of, um, you know, telling us to keep shooting or, or things like that. And so I think he's done a really good job in stepping up this year from my perspective. Um, and really instilling confidence into, you know, his team. Coach Gear played for Blaine Taylor, coached with Blaine Taylor, coached with Coach Montgomery. Do any of those guys and those ties get brought back up, or are there elements of things that he learned or that he will talk about as a player? I know he likes to remind everybody what a great passer he was. Yeah. So don't start with me about how good a passer you are. I'm the best, all that. So that's great. But in terms of you know the other coaches, because he's very steeped in the Montana history, yeah. not just because he played here, but he, he cares about that. Yeah, and he talks about tradition and the coaching tree all the time. You know, he, he'll put in a new play and he'll be like, I got this one from, you know, Blaine Taylor 25 years ago or – um, you know, just talks about there's pressure playing at Montana. People care here. Um, and so I think that definitely affects the way that he coaches. And so um, a lot of those guys have instilled a lot of the things, you know, in the way that they coach. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of people. You know, you, you pick up things here and there from, from a lot of them. But I think those guys were heavy influences on him. And I think that's maybe part of the reason he's still here. Um, he really cares about Montana. He cares about the tradition here. And he's done a really good job. Last thing for you, what's one thing that you have taken away from your time with Travis to hear from him, the, the the individual, the coach? I think under, I don't know, an understanding that you can love somebody and still be incredibly harsh with them. And um, that's probably a bad word, not harsh, but intense, right? Like he, 
he has these incredibly high expectations. Um, and if you don't see them the right way, right, and he, I think he taught us to see them the right way, that it's out of love and that he wants what's best for us. And so sometimes when, you know, in the past when somebody was on me, I would think that they were attacking me for no reason, right? But all that, that time when Travis is yelling at me, right, if I take it in the right way, it's all out of respect and he loves me and he wants what's best for us as a team. And so I think that was something that I learned from him um, that I really struggled with growing up and then, you know, not not perfect at it by any means, but it's definitely something that uh, I'll take, you know, into jobs and, and future as an adult. As a father. As a father. Congratulations. Well. Thank you very much. Yeah, pretty wild. Bobby Moorhead, Chris Grace, Coaching Tree Podcast bonus episode. Bobby, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.